0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the weekend edition of the Pittsburgh Pirates Rant Podcast. I'm actually in the Pittsburgh area. I'm visiting my son in Indiana, University of Pennsylvania. Uh, and there was a little bit of white-knuckle driving last night. I got off Route 80 in Clearfield, and I drove down to Indiana, and it was, uh, it was snow-covered roads. This morning, when I went out to Sheets to get my cup of coffee... It was two degrees and the wind chill was about, um, it was in the negatives, let's put it that way. I mean, I should have had some gloves on. Um, I don't even have my winter coat out yet this year. I'm just wearing a sweatshirt, but, you know, that is what it is. I'm actually on the phone with someone who is He is linked to a franchise that we talk about a lot. Um, I remember when I used to go uh, to spring training and the Tampa Bay Devil Rays were sort of just getting started. And uh, there was a a big thing in the Sunday paper, it shows you how long ago it was, and it was talking about how the Tampa Bay Devil Rays were um, getting their uh, minor league system together and they were improving, you know, and, and I was like, I sort of like this team, right? Um, so I was reading a little bit about that and since then, you know, whether this was, what, 10, 15 years ago? Um, since then they have had a lot of success and the thing that always amazes me about Tampa Bay is there's so many things that amaze me because they're always ahead of the curve Um, but the thing that I probably is the main thing that amazes me is you have teams like the New York Yankees the um, Boston Red Sox you always have like um, Toronto Blue Jays trying to win you know spending money and somehow the Tampa Bay Rays Which they they dropped the devil years ago But the Tampa Bay Rays Managed to not only compete um, But they've actually won this division A few times um, I watched them lose to the Philadelphia Phillies In 2008 um, Back when I was a Phillies fan I had tickets to Game 5 In Philadelphia um, that was a lot of fun I mean actually being there for the World Series But anyway um, I have Kevin on the line from Locked On Rays to really give us an idea of what's going on down there in Tampa. Uh, Kevin, are you with us?
1: Yes, I am. Yeah, pleased to uh, join the podcast. Looking forward to it.
0: Yeah, man, I hear that it's a little chilly in Tampa, at least for you guys.
1: Yeah, 50 does qualify as chilly, but uh, it's pretty windy, which you know makes it feel like it's 30, 35, so people... Are uh, people around here are absolutely losing their minds? I couldn't imagine <laughs> if you showed know the equation what that would do. But uh, and it's today is Gasparilla, which is you know the big annual parade for the Tampa Bay area, where you know thousands, if not hundreds of thousands, converge on Bayshore Boulevard in downtown, and you got the whole beads and the celebration of the pirates, and, and it, it's a whole thing. But I think that uh, despite the cold, people are going to uh, weather this storm because. You know they've been cooped up a little bit with COVID and so forth. So I think it's going to be one of the the crazier, wilder Gasparilla parades and shows, um, despite the uh, chilly conditions out there. I won't be there personally. Uh, you know if it gets below uh, sixty <laughs> two, I usually stay indoors. So uh, you know I'm not I'm not adjusted yet to it. So it'll be it'll be interesting. I'll just stay inside, watch sports, read about the Rays, and, and go about my day that way.
0: Yeah, man. How funny is that that I'm with the Pittsburgh Pirates podcast. But the Pirates um, down in Tampa are a big thing. I mean, you have the Buccaneers. Um, you have a place that we were talking about, Ybor City. Um, and a lot of the bars down there have like a pirate theme. Um, that is yeah, the, that is the
1: case, right? Yeah, it's kind of crazy, you know. I guess, um, look, I don't know uh, the... the uh, the beginnings or in-depth history of how Tampa came to be, but it seems like, you know, Buccaneers, Pirates, uh, that, that was sort of a, a theme within this area. And, you know, Tampa is known for a lot of things. Cigars, uh, uh, baseball, the history of baseball is big. Like, there's, it, it's a cool place. It's a cool place to visit. I enjoy it a lot. Obviously, a lot of people uh, come down here for uh, the weather and, and the palm trees and the conditions, but uh, it's finally, it, it's no longer that, oh, you know, uh, a vast wasteland, it's flat, there's nothing to do, it's just old people. Like, it's,
0: it's right. starting
1: to be a, <laughs> a hopping town uh, over the last five, ten years, and it's going to, I think, continue to be more so. And, and you mentioned the Pirates, I mean, their spring training yeah. uh, facility, player development complexes in Bradenton, too. So that's you know, technically, you know, around that Tampa Bay area as well.
0: Yeah, Bradenton actually beat. The Tampa Bay Yankees or the Tampa Yankees in the playoffs last year. It was a good, it was a good battle, but um, the Bradenton um, Marauders, which is another pirate thing, actually beat the the Tampa Yankees. And the Tampa Yankees are always good, I think, because not not because of draft picks, but they use they spend a lot of money on those international guys. Like they have a big presence in Venezuela and um, the Dominican and places like that.
1: Yeah, and it's it's kind of funny because you know I know that this is going to be one of your questions or not, all, but uh, of course there's stigma in the stigma uh, and the idea and the fact out there of raise attendance is not very good, despite the success of the franchise over the last ten fifteen years, and some of the argument maybe goes back to the fact that yeah uh, that is true, but you also if you want to look at it another way, there's like half a dozen literally professional baseball teams playing in the Tampa Bay area. You have the Tampa Yankees that are now the Tampa Tarpons. You have the Clearwater Thrashers. You have the Lakeland Tigers. You have the Danita Blue Jays. You have the Bradenton Marauders. Uh, there's another team or two that I'm forgetting as well. So it's like that you've got – they're competing with and, – and even if those um, those single A ball clubs are only drawing 1,000, 1,500 nights, that's still – you know, takes away from you know people that may otherwise some of them may otherwise have gone to a major league baseball or changed or, or altered their allegiances to some extent to the race. So it's like, yeah, uh, it, there's a lot of competitive forces. Not to mention you got the beach and and uh, other things to do in the San Bay Area besides watch a baseball game. But and the uh, the location of the stadium. But it's like, yeah, there's, it, if you want to look at it, brass tacks. There's like. You know, Five, six uh, professional, professional baseball teams playing
0: in, in Tampa Bay. Yeah, I'm glad you brought it up because I was just thinking about that, how um, I was at work the other day, and on ESPN, um, they don't cover baseball this time of year too much, but on the ticker on the bottom, uh, one of the top news stories was that the, um, the MLB Association, not the Players Association, but like the, um, the owners... Um, rejected tampa bay's request to kind of split their home games with um another city uh what, what was that all about
1: yeah this has been a uh, running thing so it's what uh two and a half three years in the making now uh since uh raise owner sue Sternberg announced this novel idea or plan to hey um Attendance isn't working out here. We got to figure out something to also to, to keep baseball in the Tampa Bay area, but also, uh, you know, put a not just a competitive product on the field, but draw enough revenue to have uh, competitive payrolls and so forth. And it was uh, part of the plan was, hey, have half your home games in the Tampa Bay area, have half your home games in Montreal or some other city, and it's kind of been. You know, there have been news reports and leaks here and there. Nothing really totally matriculated. It was just, like, this kind of a weird, weird situation. Like, it was always out there, and a lot of people thought and believed that, hey, this is just a ploy to get a brand-new full-time stadium somewhere else, whether it's in Tampa Bay or or Nashville or Portland or otherwise. Um, But I think, uh, and originally, Major League Baseball had given, I guess, uh, the Rays front office and ownership group be okay to look into the plan and, and look into the, the feasibility of it, but then, of course, the executive council kind of uh, pulled the rug out from the Rays, surprisingly, uh, within the last week or two, and some of that, I think uh, the, the idea out there is that you have this... Uh, at times heated negotiation between the players association and the union and this was really going to be a non-starter and just really complicate matters for the forthcoming cba and labor agreement oh yeah so they just say hey, we're going to put the kibosh on this
0: they killed we can't, that first yeah they just if killed if it if we
1: can't if we can't have this um over our head and players and, and everybody asking. Well. So players are going to have to get two homes they're going to have to have two different insurances what about getting in and out of <laughs> the country and that's the other yeah. thing too is that you know i think you know maybe this plan could have moved along and progressed in a more rapid manner, if not for the pandemic if not for covid because you look at how florida and parts of the united states have, have oh, dealt dealt yeah. with covid situation and you look at what canada any challenges that that has brought look at the Blue Jays, what they've had to go through playing in Dunedin and then playing in like Buffalo, Buffalo yeah.
0: yeah some Buffalo stadium Fun. I never heard of <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah it's just another it's just another headache of like that yeah. we can't it, it's a great concept but when you have a pandemic when you have something that uh, two countries have different ideas and opinions on getting it out of the country and then what do you You know, uh, players with families, that creates a whole issue. The taxes, it's a whole big, big issue. And not not to mention just like the Raids have had a a big enough problem in time building a new stadium in the Tampa Bay area and finding financing for that. So you're going to also try to find financing and and build a new stadium in two different cities, two different countries. You you, you can't even get one in one. You just start with that and then. Go from there. So, um, so that was and, and news brought a lot of a lot of joy and a lot of happiness within the East Camp Bay area within the Rays fan base because, as you could imagine, uh, Rays fans, hardcore Rays fans, casual Rays fans were not uh, very keen on the idea of oh, our really really good baseball team and franchise is just going to up and leave in June and play the rest of the season and possibly playoff games in Montreal and all I can do is watch on TV unless I'm super rich and have a bunch of free time and then I can fly <laughs> up to Montreal and watch the games. Uh, that's not really a great uh, option, Bob. So, uh, yeah, so that that was also out there um, in the ether too. So, But there, there was also a little bit of trepidation of saying, well, you know, the Rays had all but said, yeah, we promised that with this split city scenario, we will have a ballpark. We will have a team to some extent in Tampa Bay. But now, with this off the table, there is, um, I guess, I don't want to say negativity out there, but there is some thought of what to stop Sue Sternberg and the Ray's Ownership Group and the front office from saying, you know what, we just have not been able to put a deal together in Tampa, St. Petersburg, or yeah, otherwise. Man. Let's see what let's see what Nashville has to offer. Let's see what Charlotte has to offer. Exactly, what, the city, even like
0: Mexico City or something, or like the Dominican. <laughs> and uh, it, it's funny because it's a novel idea. But I was going through this in my head too. Like obviously, the players' union is too powerful to ever have or ever okay a um, a salary cap system. So if you were to uh, have a salary cap system, Major League Baseball owners would probably have to shut down for at least. An entire season, you'd have to be dealing with replacement players, and it would just kill the sport even more than it's dead already. But my novel idea was, um, you know, you could now you have the Pittsburgh Pirates with a forty million dollar payroll, and you have the Cleveland, you know, the team formerly known as the Indians with like a sixty million payroll. What if you what if you combined those two teams and those two resources, and uh, and combined, you know, a team because those two teams are pretty close to each other. And then maybe you could think about competing with the Dodgers or the Phillies or the Yankees or whatever. But that that idea on Twitter went over like a fart in church with this with the Pirates fans. They they were like ripping me a new one.
1: Hey, it's always good to get a give a hot take out there every now
0: and again. <laughs> yeah, that was a take yeah. that I just woke up and said, "Well, what if, what if?" you know.
1: Yeah. And there, you know, there's so many other things within this um, you know, split city proposal or plan that was uh tried to be put in place like the it, it's kind of a lesson in uh bad pr and how to go about it because the rays were actually considering and almost did until they got so much pushback of putting a sign in the outfield uh like a banner ad uh during the playoffs of promoting the montreal split city proposal it's like yeah <laughs> they're doing yeah you're this 100 games that won the al east and you know, every every outfielder is gonna to have to look at that. Every fan is gonna to have to look at that at Tropicana Field. It just totally varies the mood, and then they they backtrack on that pretty pretty quickly. And then everything that's come out about it, they tried to do some you know media partnerships for and, and trying to get in bed with some of the media outlets to hey, you know, really promote this plan and then put it out there. No, it's it's really good. Yeah, see, look, you gotta look at it this way. And just the fans were just never—they're not never buying bought. it, you know. Yeah, like they, they got this, some of the local chamber of commerce was on board. They uh, created a you know a media agreement with uh, a, a popular, uh, I guess, Tampa Bay website. They they've had the Tampa Bay Times kind of in their in their pocket a little bit because they're um, you know there's some sponsored time and so forth and and. Everything that was written about that split city Planet it was never, there wasn't the, the, what was written by the media and said by the media, for the most part, did not match uh, what the uh, fan base, what the general public, what, what the, uh, what, what us little people uh, were, were saying about it. The, the general casual fan, not the media guy that uh, gets, uh, free parking and gets into the stadium for free. Gets paid to watch the game and and gets as many hot dogs and hamburgers as he, as he wants from a uh, air-conditioned press box with uh, great Wi-Fi. The so, yeah, there's a uh, disconnect.
0: And, and yeah, this whole CBA uh, thing is about disconnects. I mean, uh, these guys are talking in different languages. You know. Um, yeah,
1: yeah, there was a lot of that too. So it was just, it was just a mess. But I, I got to tell you, at the end of the day, I think that. Um, it's going to be worked out where the Rays are going to, they're going to have a new full season home. And I think it's going to be in the heart of e city. They've been looking at That'd be at awesome. The
0: site. Yeah. You need that. Yeah. You need like a neighborhood because I've been in Chicago, which is the number one baseball neighborhood because, um, you go for blocks and blocks of bars. And then I've been in Boston where you have like tons of Red Sox bars, you know, the stadium's right in the neighborhood. Um, that's a big part of it. Also, um, It's just like the TROP, people have said that it sort of has like a dead fish feel sometimes because it's air conditioned and because it's, um, you know, uh, you're not really, um, I don't know, you're not really like exposed to the elements, you know, you don't really have, I don't know what the view of the the outside is from the TROP, but I understand that it's, um, you know, it's got a roof, right? It's usually like 70 degrees air conditioned. Yeah, uh,
1: let's put it this way. Like a warehouse, it's not aesthetically pleasing. Like, if if anything, like if you're driving across the interstate in St. Petersburg and you see the trough, you would think like, what? Why do they put a big wastewater treatment plant? <laughs> oh in the man! Of this? Yeah. Kind of vibe. It is. and not to mention just the location. Like St. Petersburg, it's not necessarily a stone's throw away from the heart of downtown. Tampa, oh yeah. What about I mean, the traffic
0: on that road? The road that goes by. um The Buccaneers Stadium. It's just like, oh yeah, the Dale Mabry Highway or whatever it is. That it's just like the traffic's just gotten worse and worse. Because you were telling me about how, you know, the the city continues to build up with new stuff.
1: Right, absolutely. And there's just this kind of it's odd because, like, yeah, the the drive across the bridge from Tampa to St. Petersburg, if maybe you know on a good day, it'll take you 35. Minutes, 40 minutes. Now, if you're trying to go up during rush hour on a weekday and trying to get to a ball game at 7, it's really a pain in the ass. Uh, I'm sorry, I said, pain in the butt. No, that's
0: okay. You can curse on (laughs) it.
1: Wow, that just shows you my true emotions there. Uh, Yeah. Pain in the butt, headache. And, And, you know, getting in and around the ballpark is easy. It's a lot of one way streets. The parking's a mess. Like, honestly, I mean, between you and me, uh, the games I like to go to are not when the Rays are facing the Red Sox or the Yankees, uh, but when they're facing the Orioles. So I can get in and out of the, the ballpark. Yeah. No matter if it's a ball game and the, the Rays are winning 15-1, to 1, it's like at least I don't have to deal with the headache of sitting in traffic and, you know, maybe I, I might get my front or back bumper hit. And... Yeah. Oh, yeah, I got
0: rear-ended in Tampa one time. I don't know. There's a lot of people that – um, there's still a lot of older drivers and a lot of people that are under the influence in that area. I don't know. Yeah. It's... Yeah, you got the the driving's not the best. It's
1: it's the perfect storm of you have, um, you have, uh, the, the elderly population, you have, uh, visitors and tourists that don't know what they're doing or don't know where they're going. Uh, you have, uh, young, young drivers that are just out of their mind. Like, yeah, driving too fast. Yep. You know, a lot of people come to the, the Tampa Bay, Florida area to party and have a good time, so you can see the, the inebriated and, and people on drugs, so it's just like, man, it's, a lot of people without insurance as well, like, it's, it's a total, total mess, and that's why I think, uh, I mean, side note, like, insurance rates in Florida are so high.
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, well, what about flooding, too, with, like, climate change and stuff like that and the storms, the eroding of the beaches, you know, all that stuff?
1: Yeah, so there's a, there's a lot finding there, but um, I, I say all that to say this, so the Reds playing in St. Petersburg, I actually like the inside of the ballpark, like, I mean, yeah, it looks, you know, it, it looks like you're walking into Ikea, basically, if you're aware, you're yeah, aware. but yeah. like the air-conditioned and these, and I know I'm not going to get rained on during the game in August, and it's not going to be 100 degrees, but if, if there was a way to have a retractable roof, or you know, Yeah, you got to have oops,
0: some uh, elements, because that's what baseball's all about, you know? Yeah, and
1: and, and playing in St. Petersburg, yeah, it's part of the Tampa Bay area, but you're not in Tampa where the Tampa Bay Lightning are, where the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are. So there's kind of a divide, and there's kind of like a... And those teams are pretty good, you know. But they're not not where the fan base is. There's not that connection between Bucks and Lightning. Like, I'm, I'm living in the Tampa... In Tampa, I'm not. I'm in the the Hillsborough County side, not the Pinellas County side where the Rays play. And you see all the time, all the time, Bucks flags, Bucks stickers, Lightning flags, Lightning yeah. stickers. Every every once in a blue moon you see a Rays thing, and it's like, okay, I guess the Rays haven't won uh, a championship. They haven't won a World Series. You know, they don't have the the Super Bowl and the Stanley Cup to their name like the Lightning do of late, but. You could really create something with this champ Bay thing, considering this team won 100 games and had a ton of injuries, and like they're they're one of the the, the most highly regarded and best run franchises in all the professional sports. Despite you know just because they don't have a title doesn't you know shouldn't take away from the the massive success that they've had. And I know that you know we can figure about the payroll, we can figure about uh, the the ownership at times and. some of the problems there and the
0: fact that they
1: trade away their stars and
0: they're always turning their loss over but at the end of the day sounds like you're talking about the Pirates except for the winning part <laughs> yeah
1: hey. look at the look at you know scoreboard look at that yeah Pirates
0: it, Pirates are the same way though I mean you had the Steelers and then you had which are like um, you know six or seven Super Bowls and then you have the Penguins who always manage to be pretty good and then you might have a Pirates fan once in a while like walk around the corner but yeah, and that that's what. Uh, so we're going to do a lot of baseball stuff. And the one thing that I guess we have to start on is how do you feel about the um, Chris Archer for uh, Shane Baz, Tyler Glasnow, and Austin Meadows? How did you guys do on that trade?
1: I, I wake up every morning <laughs> and uh, thank the Huntington for. Hunting for For uh, pulling the trigger on that one dude let's just put it like this like it is a running joke maybe once a week or once every couple weeks somebody brings up like do you believe Earth actually did this and what's funny what's funny about the whole thing is that Shane Boss who's gotten a cup of coffee in the majors thus far he might be the best one in the most he might be
0: yeah he's the number one prospect in your organization right now yeah and he was the player to be named later in that deal unbelievable. Oh, and I like Meadows. I was going to touch on Meadows. Now, here's the thing. Pirates fans want to say that, oh, he had a down year this year. But when I look at the stats, he still had a lot of doubles. He had a lot of home runs. Uh, he had over 100 RBIs. Um, his ops was only about 775. And yeah, I mean, if you're going to be a star outfielder, I'd prefer your ops is, is more like eight and a quarter. But at the same time, you know, Austin Meadows was a nice player last year. I mean, even if he did have some struggles.
1: Yeah, and I think that um some of it I I'd have to look at this, but I think his Babit was lower than like he, he got unlucky at times. you talk about Austin Meadows, and I He's mean gotten big, yeah. man.
0: He's like a big dude now. He looks like a linebacker. I watched some of the Tampa games and I'm like, ah, oh, he when he was with the Pirates he was somewhat of a skinny kid, sort of like when Barry Bonds first came up. Um, but Austin Meadows has really filled out to the point where he's more of a home run hitter now than he is, um, an average hitter, I think.
1: Yeah. He's, he's producer now. Like he's, yeah. he's very much in terms of driving in a guy or, Hey, we need a, we need a ball to this side of, of the infield so we can drive the runner in. Hey, hit us one uh, deep to the outfield so we can. Right. Oh, yeah. Can sack fly. Like, you know, I think he was the, the leaders in, um, and, and sacrifice flies or or go-ahead RBIs like he was. But I, I know that people don't like to throw the uh, the clutch word around. But like when the Rays needed a run to be scored, he was he was there a lot of times to be able to contribute to that. And you're right about him filling out and getting a
0: little bit bigger. He's big almost, yeah. <laughs> he, yeah. Point, like the defense is not very. No. Good no. At- yeah. Maybe he'll be uh, your DH this year though. I don't know. Or not. Yeah. Par- probably not yeah, this year, yeah. but maybe at some point. Yeah, at some point he's going to have to move to full-time
1: GH and or I, I've thrown out this suggestion, maybe try to give them some work at first. I mean, the Rays have yeah. shown in their history, you know, they'll, they'll play, uh, you know, they'll put a construction cone at first if, if that construction cone can hit 25 bombs and eight broke. OPF. So, uh, that, that's the other consideration that i threw out there. But no, Austin Meadows is a really good player. Now, you might be, you know, a trade candidate at some point because, at some you know, point. the Rays yeah, yeah, the, the Rays like their defense and versatility and, um, and they, they kind of, uh, play the
0: aging curve, uh, more quickly. Right. Than you're others. 27, and, you're getting old. Yeah. <laughs>
1: for the So, yeah. uh, yeah. So that, that might be in, in going through arbitration. That's the kind other of thing. But I mean, for a guy that, you know, put up those numbers on, uh, a salary of like five, $600,000, I'll take that any day. And it's not like Austin Meadows had to be, it's not like Austin Meadows was the savior for the race. He was a really, really good complimentary piece. There were other guys that, you know, you didn't need him to be your your cleanup hitter. I mean, you got you had other guys in that lineup that could uh, handle that role and and contribute, but no, he was a really really nice piece for the Rays last year. I'm trying to look at, yeah, so his BABIP was 249, so I think he got, you know, squeezed at times here, and but maybe some of that is just not being able to uh, I
0: don't
1: know, maybe he's hitting hard
0: balls into the shift or something like that. Sometimes that hurts your BABIP. you know
1: possibly so
0: and he has i mean 2020 was you know
1: treated him worse than uh pretty much any other race player because he got covid okay he, he's unhealthy and out of shape and, and never really got settled in so uh i i would expect him to you know to build off 2021 and put up better numbers in 2020 where he finally gets his his legs underneath him. because 2020 was just such such a disaster
0: for him. Well, if you think about it, maybe he gained some weight, but maybe he also gained some muscle, and then you lose a little bit of bat speed, and he's got to, like, get that back. And, you know, he's just developing as a player. But when you talk about, um, you know, the fact that they can move him around, I think it's that flexibility that really, like, keeps the Rays ahead of these other teams. I mean, there was no other team that had the idea, like, oh, hey, let's get a bunch of great middle relievers and let's let's go to the playoffs that way instead of having aces i mean that is just an, a really novel idea but it seemed to work
1: yeah and it is it's almost something that it was a novel idea but it was something that the rays almost had to do they were it it forced their hand because aces tyler are glass- too
0: expensive you know
1: yeah tyler glass now went down with an injury you had Chris Archer, who went down with an injury, Yeah, Chris Archer came back for the raise and uh, didn't perform too well. So well, That's, that's kind good. Of the,
0: that's the only good thing about the Pirates.
1: Yeah, <laughs> the baseball guys, I guess. But, you know, it's also just the, the idea of, like, hey, we've got let, – let's just um, – starters, traditionally, tend to get worn down and, and tend to uh, – you know, hitters, they get paid, too, and they, they pick up on things after the second, third that let's just literally throw the kitchen sink at all of these hitters and give them so many different pitchers to look at, so many different arm angles to where they're constantly caught off balance and off guard. And let's match up these particular uh, relievers to the the types of swings that these opposing hitters have and, you know, where their strengths and weaknesses are. Okay. They can't hit the high fastball. Let's use this guy against this guy. Like they, they really uh, were liberal in their use of that. And also, uh, something that I don't think they get enough credit for is the how and when they deploy these relievers. They don't necessarily have, all right, this is our ninth inning guy, this is no. our eighth
0: inning guy, yeah. this is our, like every. They're, They're all middle receivers. relievers, you know. It's like the whole team is middle relievers. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. But I do love that idea because we know that um, most pitchers decline a little bit uh, the third time through the lineup, and I like the idea of. You know, you have an opener, and then you have a starter that goes maybe four innings, four point two three innings, or something like that. But um, why even have them go through the third time in the lineup? I mean, um, you could um, you could build up a depth of very talented pitchers like Tampa did, and just um, you know, there were there were guys in Tampa's middle relief, uh, you know, even playing in New York, playing against Boston's lineup. Which they had no pitching last year, but their lineup, you know, carried them into the playoffs, um, and they still have a lot of ERAs in the threes. You know, I mean, um, you guys do a great job of developing pitchers, I think, or finding their strengths. It must be.
1: Yeah, they, what they typically do is they find you know something that works well for them. They play to their strengths. Okay, this guy, this pitch really works for this guy, and they emphasize that. And they say, "Hey, you're a talented kid." You you got to professional baseball for a reason. Attack the zone. Play play confident, and it usually works out. And they find little tweaks here and there about pitcher usage. Like, no, you know what? Your your cutter is not so effective. Maybe you just need to scrap that pitch yeah. or emphasis really uh, really majorly. And and I I think other teams can do that, but I don't know if the messaging gets across in the correct way. And, and the Rays certainly have proven in their history of okay, we get. You know, we, we bring up no names, and they have careers because they listen to what we tell them, and they execute what we tell them. So if you want to play in the big league, you better do the same thing. Too. I like that idea, get,
0: you know? Like the coaches should should run the ship, not a bunch of, um, you know, not, right. not the agents or whatnot, you know?
1: No, and, and that it, it all goes back to, it's kind of a cultural thing with the Rays is they don't have prima donnas. They don't have yeah, stars I like that. that are... Yeah, million dollars a year. It's it's guys that are hungry and, and trying to make their bones and trying to. I just want to stay at the daily, league, so I'll do whatever it. takes. Yes, you can means- tell Meadows.
0: Look, uh, your agent might not want you to be at DH, but we want you to be at DH. You know, like whatever it whatever it might be. Like, yeah, you know, you might want to be a closer, but we like you better in the sixth inning or something like that. And if the players are buying into it, um, which they seem to be, you know, Tampa is. Um, is good year in and year out for like, I don't know, at least a decade now, it seems like.
1: Yeah. And and winning is contagious too. So when you see the results and it's like, well we're winning ballgames. So, so what if I'm not being used against left team or left the pitchers. Yeah, I'd love to I'd love to play more often, but I mean the team's winning games. It it seems to be working on the field. So there's there's not a lot of egos within the Rays organization and I think that goes a long way. And I think that goes You know, it's sort of a two-way street, or it's sort of it kind of works out in a way of yeah, we don't we don't pay for a lot of big-time free agents or get a lot of long-term contract extensions. So uh, a lot of these guys are kind of in the same boat where there's not these silos or these these different cliques of okay, you have the veteran high-paid guys, you have the young guys trying to, to make their way. Uh, you have the the, the Spanish speaking guys, you have the white guys, like everybody's kind of kind of gets along and gets together as a family, and the to do a really good job of building that culture. In fact, I read an article, I think it was on Baseball America, uh, a guy that works for the Rockies front office. Ironically, I mean, I, I don't know how want to listen to anything from a, a Rockies front office <laughs> member, but <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, he talks, they don't know what they're doing. The, the, the next wave or the next market inefficiency for for ball clubs is is fostering a positive upbeat culture and i think there's something to be said for that and it's clearly clearly working for the race and and i've talked to a lot of prospects i've talked to a lot of uh, ball players you know race players former race players and, and they basically say yeah it's different there it's different but in a good way like it's you know we have we have fun we we enjoy, yeah, it's, it's, kind of, it can be kind of stressful and crazy, like, am I going to get sent down, am, am I going to get traded, but... Maybe it's good to have that... that pressure, you know? Yeah, Because you're exactly. on your toes. And here's
0: the thing, like, speaking of contract extensions, I would imagine that you must have been pumped to see what the Wander Time signed a 10 or 11 year um, extension, I mean, that must have been exciting in Tampa, right? Oh, that
1: that made the opposite. Yeah. That made the Who who cares about a lockout? Who cares if yeah, man, unbelievable? No, like that was because that is something that that never. I mean, well, I guess it happened with Evan Longmore, but the Rays literally set a record. I mean, that is the the largest contract given to a guy with the minimal amount of service time that that guy has. And I'm telling you right now, I've watched Wander Franco for 70 games in the big leagues. I know it's a very very small sample size, but he is. If he continues to stay healthy and continues to show and, and grow and develop on what he showed this year, he is going to be a Hall of
0: Famer. Yeah, there's no doubt he's the next Bryce Harper, and and he's even more dynamic than Harper in that, you know, Harper's not the best defender in the outfield. Um, it seems like Wander does everything. I mean, is that true? Like, that's what it seems like.
1: Oh, Yeah. He's got a little bit to work on his defense at shortstop, but then again, he's 20 years old. He just gotten called up to the majors, so uh, you you could make the argument that Taylor Walls, who uh, is more of a, a better, more polished um, defender, actually you can't make the argument he absolutely is. <laughs> but you let you let Wander work at it. You let Wander gain confidence and get reps at short. He's going to work out and be a at least the average if not above average shortstop and then you bring that uh with his hit ability and and his fast baseball skills it is it is unbelievable i watched when, when i watch him at the plate first of all i don't think you know guys that walk in baseball say okay a guy walks whatever but he takes his 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 takes are the most entertaining in baseball because he knows that a pitch is not a strike and he kind of gives a look to the umpire like hey you don't call that on me because I know that's not a strike. I got the I got the plate discipline. I've got the eye discipline. I, I know what the strike zone is. So the way he goes, he's just a an energizer bunny. And you know, his his approach at the plate, like when you watch him and if you forget the names and, and you forget the the numbers and, and the ages of these guys, you would say, Wow, Wander Franco is a more polished hitter than Nelson Cruz. Wander Franco is a more polished hitter than Brandon Lau. Wanda Franco is a more polished shooter than Austin Meadows and Randy Arosa right now. Like and this guy is twenty years old.
0: It's hard they to wrap people. my head around it. I mean he's a he's the guy that looks like he's a man playing a kid's game. But he's a kid, you know? It's crazy the guy yeah. is really um he's one of the good things of baseball, and it's a shame that baseball's so bad at marketing itself because, you know, all we got now is the lockout and, you know, it seems like just this long, cold winter for baseball when we should be marketing guys like Wander Franco, I would think.
1: Yeah, and I look at it like for the Rays to give out eleven years, one hundred eighty-two million dollars to somebody, they know they know that he's not just going to be good, that he's not just going to be very good, uh, that he is not just going to be great. He's going to be transcendent. He is going to be a superstar. Like I'm talking. In the making of Fernando Tatis Jr. So I'm sure he's t- in that
0: discussion with Juan Soto and guys like that. Um, yeah,
1: is, before long he's going to be
0: there. And I think his defense is probably better than um, than that other guy that, uh, like I said, I forget names sometimes, uh, but that other superstar that they moved to the outfield uh, because he was throwing too many balls away in the infield. Um, but uh, anyway, there's there's like a few teenage superstars. Um um, and he wasn't the guy that was traded to the Dodgers, but um, there's a few teenage... I think he's the guy on the Padres now. Do you know who that is, like their superstar?
1: Um,
0: I don't know, maybe the, well, name, maybe the name is escaping both of us. It? Oh, Tatis Jr., yeah, yeah. Yeah, they actually moved him a little because of his defense or because of his bad back or whatnot, but, I mean, I think that um, you're always going to have a little trouble with defense, you know, when you're that age and you're first starting in the infield, but... um I I don't I mean if you're fighting a negative about Wander Franco you're really like, you know, it, it it's not easy to do that, you know. You're really splitting no, hairs at is, that point.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and that we have to look back yeah, he's not uh he's not Omar Vizquel over there, but who is? Like and he's 20 years old. He's had very minimal reps. He hasn't he, he never played with this third base with this second baseman. he, he he never played at the trot before in a big league ballpark. He's never had to deal with okay, take this grounder and hit 117 miles per hour from Jon and Handle that body, like it's it's and, and just like when he got called up to the big leagues, he struggled uh, for the first couple of weeks. He had a great debut and then was really really struggling. And it got to the point of, is this guy really the real deal? Like what's going on here? And then after the All Star break,
0: okay, yeah, like, yeah, it's, yeah. It's like, that happens sometimes. I mean, the speed of the game's a little bit different, and you're still a kid, you know?
1: Yeah. yeah never, you know, with the monitors, you, you rarely, I mean, and, you know, when he got called up to triple-A uh, in 2021, you know, you're, you're not, you don't see that many guys that are throwing, you know, 94, 95-plus in triple-A. They're usually in double-A or the majors, or, you know, single-A throwing the ball. You know, they don't, just don't know where it's going. But AAA, it's a lot of those like you know veteran that trying to get that call up. Um, you're you're just not seeing you're not seeing the you know Chris Bales out there uh, in in AAA. So it's it's an adjustment period for sure. And you consider his age, and you consider like how and, and the fact that there wasn't a minor league season in twenty twenty. Like I I think it's pretty darn impressive and remarkable what, what he's been able to. do.
0: Yeah, and I think that's how the Rays have changed. I mean, it used to be you'd have to depend on that guy coming up from Triple A, but now that you have guys like Eros Arena and Brandon Lowe, um, you know, maybe you have guys that are somewhat contributors, like Zunino is basically, you know, he hits a home run or he strikes out, but, you know, you have, um, you know, Joey Wendell, um, you have Randy Eros Arena, and maybe you even bring Nelson Cruz back. I mean, um, it's not... In fact... I've read that this might be Tampa Bay's best lineup ever this year, 2022.
1: It it could shape up that way for sure. Now, there are some considerations as to what they do with uh, Kevin Kiermaier, if it's going to bring Nelson Cruz back. But, um, I mean, I think it'll be up there as one of the better ones. I mean, they they, they had their – it was the best off. The uh, the best offensive season for the Rays in history last year. I think okay. they, they they scored the most. I mean, the most runs in franchise history first season. I think they they scored the most runs or second most runs in the American League. So the offense. Wow, that's like
0: insane when you think about it with yeah. the money they spent. You know,
1: right? Exactly. So I'll be curious. Um, you know I think Nelson Cruz, whether he comes back, is a big consideration. Can Mike Zunino really replicate what he did last year? That's That's kind of a question mark. Um, Now, I I think some of that kind of depends on uh, how impactful this next wave of prospects are. Is is Josh Lowe... There's always a wave.
0: You guys always have a wave coming in, you know?
1: Yeah. So, we'll we'll see what, you know, when the Rays call up Adele Bruhan and Josh Lowe, what they'll bring to the table and how much of an immediate impact... That they'll have, but I think it'll still, you know, shape up to be a very, very good offense when you tie in the, uh, the, the development and growth of, of Wander Franco, uh, Franco, I should say. Um, I'll just be curious to see if, you know, I, I think they need another, if they can find some sort of middle of the order bat, that would be nice. Like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, at the end of the day, uh, the Rays score, you know, in, Run scored their their top six in the American League
0: this upcoming year. Yeah, I mean, you guys are just sort of an embarrassment of riches. Because I remember listening to the New York Yankees radio broadcast in the playoff series, and how those guys were just going on about Randy Arosarena and how the guy just, you know, had a, this amazing postseason. And then arena is just like one of the guys now. I mean, that's how deep your team is. You know, it's not like um, it's not like you're just. Ha- focusing on one or two superstars. I mean, that's just the offense. I mean, you guys have a lot of um, pitchers that do really well, you know, as well.
1: Right, certainly. And yeah, it's so funny because Randy was kind of the talk of baseball. He was yeah. the talk of baseball in the 2020 postseason. I mean, he was putting up numbers that you, you hadn't seen since Dave Ruth and uh, and Barry Bonds. Like not Barry Bonds, I'm uh, I don't know what I'm saying here. Uh, they, like he's being compared to uh, one of the greatest postseason performances in history. Yeah, and I remember now, a
0: lot of home runs, you know, and some doubles yeah. mixed in there.
1: Now he's just like a guy. Uh, yeah, he's
0: just he's another like guy
1: a, from the second base spot. Brandon Lau hit 39 home runs as a second baseman. You look at yeah, Wander that's Fromm, really good. Yeah, you you see uh, Mike Zanino hitting 33 home runs. At, a catcher who played 109 games. So, and, and the other thing about the lineup too is uh, they, the, the Rays really mix and match with the platoons and giving guys a breather and a day off. And you know, no, no two lineups are the same. Like every lineup, every game is going to be different and not going to have the same cast of characters. But it's guys that you know uh, contribute here and there. Like I mean, you know, top to bottom, it's, it's very strong. I don't know if they have the, the super superstar middle of the order of bats that, you know, the Blue Jays have or the Yankees have, but you're not going to have necessarily a, a hole in the number eight spot. Let me no, I mean, like it's
0: that. like, it's almost to the point where, um, if Vidal Brujan, or how do you pronounce his last name?
1: Uh, Vidal Brujan.
0: Ah, uh, Vidal Brujan. I'm glad I didn't even try, but Vidal Brujan, you know, if he really lights it up in AAA, uh, in, uh, May this year, it's like, where do you put them? you got to fit them into your infield or your outfield. I mean, uh, if anything, you guys have, like, a um, you know, you guys have a lot of talented players, you know? It's like, where are you going to... In fact, um, the the Rays minor league system is so deep that you guys always have a trade before the Rule 5 draft where you try to just, like, you can't protect all these guys, right? Right, 100%. Every year. Four or
1: less had to do that. Yeah, Every I mean, year there's going... a trade, yep it and they traded some other guys, too. It, um, yeah, but El Bruyne, it's, it's interesting, because, I mean, we've seen it before. We saw last year. It was like, well, the, the Rays have, are, are so good right now. How are we going to find a spot for Wander Franco? Well, what did they do? They took the Willie Adamas to the Brewers, got a couple of relievers, and then opened up a spot for Wander. So you could see something very similar in that lens, where, you know, I think the next guy to go is you know, fortunately or unfortunately, it's going to be Kevin Kiermeyer. And that
0: would... Most likely. Open. Yeah, maybe you deal him at the deadline for something, you know? Um, yeah, so I... You know, and
1: that's the thing. The, the, Rays will, it, the, the Rays don't want to miss an opportunity to, to promote uh, a young, talented player who doesn't get paid a lot. Oh, paid uh, well,
0: that's the Pirates, too. I mean, that's just what you got to deal with, you know? But it, yeah. the thing I've heard about Bruhan is speed, you know? Like, um... I've heard that he uh, he has really good speed, you know, whether it's defensively. And he's pretty good – he has pretty good instincts at stealing bases, right? No, yeah. I mean,
1: he's one of the fastest um, players or minor leaguers in baseball. Like, his and, – and I think his, his efficiency on the base pass is no joke. In fact, let me pull it up uh, right now. Yeah, he stole 56 bases uh, last year. Um,
0: wow. Well, I didn't know that. Yeah, I just heard that he was fast
1: he stole 44 back it was caught stealing eight times and yeah. you know that's, that's a pretty but and he's not the only guy but Josh Lowe has some speed too So the Rays are bringing back athleticism into the fold or just good base runners which I think is important you know it's not always about stolen bases but it's how you run the bases and how you go first to third in fact I think the Rays were um, they led baseball in taking the extra bag in terms of going from first to third right, so you're doing second. the
0: right things right like um, fundamentals
1: Right, exactly, exactly. And Vidal's not like a he's never gonna be a big power guy, I mean, you know, No, they're hoping
0: that he gets on base enough to like um make a difference yeah. on the base pass, right?
1: And, you know, looking at you know, Juan Pierre, uh, uh Luis Castillo
0: type, basically. Maybe you know a little bit. Those guys off, were both pretty good though, you know. Yeah. And there's, then there's um, a
1: role for them.
0: absolutely. And then with Shane Baz, the thing that I always notice is not just, you know, he's a power arm like a lot of guys, but when I look at his whip um, You know, sometimes it's like point eight oh one or something like that. Like, um, he seems to have the control. Like, he's almost a complete package at this point, I would think. Uh, have you noticed that with Baz? He's
1: getting there. Like, He definitely belongs in the majors. And it would not surprise me in the least if before the end of the year, before the end of 2022, that he is the ace of the set. I think he's yeah. better... Or he's more talented. Let me say that. He's more talented than Shane McClanahan, and he's more polished than Shane McClanahan at his age than Shane McClanahan was.
0: At his and, age. and he was so, a Pittsburgh Pirates draft pick, and that just kills yeah. us. Can you imagine? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, We were on the other end of that deal. Can you imagine being on the other end of that deal.
1: Yeah. What was funny? What I find funny about that deal is didn't the Pirates pay Shane Bonds the four oh, million dollars? Uh, him, I don't even want to know, paid. man.
0: It was bad. They got it lost Huntington's job. Yeah. But so, that's the thing, like a lot of these a lot of these raised guys are to that age where you would expect them to come up soon. I mean Josh Lowe is twenty three. Greg Jones is twenty three. Um, you know, at some point you have to make room for like a Herberto Hernandez, a Xavier Edwards, Austin Shenton is twenty four, Ian Seymour is twenty three, like you guys still have a pretty good system of guys that are ready to come up. At least that's what it seems like to me. What about you?
1: Yeah, it's one of those good problems to have. One of those good problems to have. And I think at, at some point it Rays so many good, talented prospects that they've got to they, – they just kind of showed their hand a little bit and saying, okay, we're well, willing to spend money. We, we just locked up Wander Franco for an extension. So we're semi-serious about this thing. At some point, maybe package a couple of those prospects and acquire. Right. A thing. Yeah, and Quire. really go
0: for Quire. it. I guess you know, like really Does go it for simply... it to yeah. win a to win a um, you know to win a a pennant and a um, World Series. You know, um, yeah, right. I yeah. hear you. You know, it's a trade. You want to be buyers at the trade deadline, and uh, you know, yeah. I mean, you did get crews though, right?
1: Yeah, and, and that was, again, a move that really had to be made because there was going to be the 40-man roster crunch, and the Rays needed that. And, and he helped. He, he was maybe, I don't know if he um, he didn't exceed expectations, like, you know, his career had set. I mean, he was solid. He, was, he had some, he some homers, did. I think. Certainly, but um, I think, you know, there was a little bit more meat uh, off the bone for him. Uh, and, and some of that yeah. could have been go- going to a... a you're going to a new city in the middle of the season. It's not an easy thing to do. You're trying to get adjusted, and also, you know, he's he's forty, uh, he's right? Yeah. yeah. So, but I think something like that where they they can package up a couple prospects because you can't you can't roster all these guys. You you know, at, at some point, a couple of these guys might get picked in the forty man uh, or in the rule five draft. So, like, you you've got to and. We haven't even mentioned a guy like Curtis Mead, who's a fast-rising player. From I've Australia. heard of him.
0: Yeah, I've definitely heard yeah. his name on Locked On Prospects a few times. Yeah, he,
1: he could be the next uh, Longo. Like this guy is amazing, amazing,
0: and
1: he's he's ranked the race number fourteen prospect according to MLB.com. Yeah, and that's is, what which,
0: that's what I tell people is okay. Uh, like my buddy um, Eric Birdland, who's a uh, an Orioles guy. I said, I get that the Orioles have the number one farm system, but As far as I'm concerned, like, um, it's always the Rays. It's the Tampa Bay Ray way. Like, as far as I'm concerned, despite these rankings, Tampa Bay is always the best farm system. It just seems like that's the way it is, you know? Yeah,
1: I mean, if you look at this year, I think, I mean, the Rays made history. The Rays organization made history when, uh, I think, I mean, the, the winning percentages of their single A team, their double A team and their triple A team, like, I think they all won their league or they all had the best record in their league. So not only are they, oh, we have a bunch of good prospects, but they're winning, they're winning on the field, uh, with these respective minor league organizations. And that just translates, that just carries over that winning mentality to the, the majors. So top to bottom, I mean, things are going pretty darn right. For the Rays, and I think at some point it's just like, hey, you know, let's let's really go for it here.
0: There isn't never gone for it, like right? You know, a big, big but, trade deadline. Well, I mean, the Atlanta Braves went out and got five relievers, and the guy they got from Pittsburgh, Richard Rodriguez, he wasn't even part of like the big four that won them the World Series. So yeah, I mean, if you want to have a really big trade deadline and go and get like four or five guys, you know, because you have the depth. Um, that's probably what the Rays fans want to see, you know, like a World Series.
1: Yeah, that would be one of uh, a handful of organizations that have yet to win, yet to win the big one. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I mean, the, the Rays have a lot of talented players. And it's just about you know finding ways to get them playing time and and maximize their potential. And like there's there's kind of a waiting list as far as guys trying to get to the major. It teams. seems like
0: it. You're get, you know they're getting older, like twenty three, twenty four. And it's yeah. funny that you say that's older, but that's kind of how it is now. Like, once guys hit double A at age 23, um, teams like the Pirates want to bring them up. You know, like, it's kind of unusual to have someone brought up at age 25, 26 anymore. It's just uh, um, the smaller markets want to get these guys up sooner, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's kind
1: of a weird time. And I, and I think that the Rays could be very creative with how they go about this. Like, they could. Um, you know, maybe they package Kiermaier and Tyler Glass now, and one or two of these prospects, and maybe they get. And, and then the other thing they do is what? You know, when a, a prospect gets to 22, 23 years old and is a Double A, and it's like, well, you know, at some point we gotta gotta find a pathway for him. They just trade him for a younger, 18, 19. Oh, that's what prospect. the Pirates are
0: doing now. They're finally to that point yeah. where their um, their system is is pretty deep. Um, it's getting there anyway. So a lot of the Pirates trades are for guys that are like 18, 19 years old, you know? You want to start with those guys because uh, you don't have to protect them from the Rule 5 draft for quite a while. And I think that when you're the Tampa Bay Rays, you always have to think about the Rule 5 draft because, um, you know, I mean, people are going to want your guys, you know?
1: Yeah, always. And it's kind of funny because it's like, man, we put so much time and effort into... Progressing and developing these guys and make them good ball players and now another team is just you know for a small fee they can just you know swipe them up and and you know get them for you know we we put all the legwork into this thing and now they're they're reaping the rewards of us having a great system it's kind of funny that it, I, I think it's, all it
0: is is you have to pay a hundred thousand dollars and you have to keep them on your roster all year and yeah then, if you don't you yeah. just get back. Right, big... so there's sort of no risk, right? I mean, um, you could take a couple of these guys to spring training. And I actually read that there was, because of the pandemic and a couple other events, that there was a lot of players available in this year's Rule 5 draft, like more than usual. So, you know, it wouldn't be, you know, beyond the realm to think that a team like the Pirates might take three or four guys, you know, from the rule. Just because there's so much depth there, there's catchers there. His home running, hitting first baseman. It's not just pitchers this year.
1: If, yeah, we, and, and I, if we have and a it, World yeah. 5
0: draft, you know, hopefully we do. It'll yeah, be fun. Yeah, and if
1: you're a team building, it's like, hey, why not? You know, I mean, it's like we're we're going to lose anyway, so we might as well, you know, take a guy that maybe needs some more seasoning. And, well, the other issue is you don't want to rush them too quickly and get into the base. Big yeah, I mean, it
0: could, but, it, it could hurt them. It could hurt them. They could lose confidence. If um if you're bringing if you're picking a 19 year old Rays prospect, and you have to have him on your roster all year as your backup catcher, it's just there's some risk there as far as like development.
1: Right, yeah. So like like one guy that um I mean it's so crazy we haven't even had the Rule Five draft yet. That's another another uh, can of worms to open. But Blake Hunt, uh, who's a double I saw a his catcher. name,
0: yeah, I saw his, and I think that um the Pirates might take someone like him because. We only have one pot, one catcher on our roster right now, and the guy's injury prone, big time.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, Blake Hunt was left off the Rays' forty man, and now he struggled in in Double A offensively, at least. Like he had two ten, but um, now he's only in seventeen
0: games, so small sample size. Uh, but
1: and honestly, like his his numbers in high 8 weren't even that good either. But I've heard but, that he's a
0: good catcher, right? Like he's good behind the plate.
1: Yeah, he's good defensively. Honestly, I've, we've interviewed him before, and he is, oh, man, that guy. 10, 15 years from now, don't be surprised if you if you see, you know, general manager Blake Hunt.
0: For, okay. Uh, That's the kind of guy you want, be, right? A really smart baseball guy? Oh, extremely smart. Not, not to give, like, too much of a
1: plug to our podcast, but just look <laughs> up the Blake,
0: Blake Hunt interview, Locked on
1: Race, Blake Hunt. And you'll be like, "Wow!" I'm
0: gonna have to listen got, to that episode.
1: Yeah, he, he provides so much baseball insight and knowledge, and um, like, it, you know, a lot of times, oh, it's an athlete. He gives canned answers. No, Blake Hunt, he is. I I, I got smarter listening like uh, when we interview with him, and he, he's a he's a great guy too. He's he's an awesome. A kid that was drafted out of high school and. Um, you know, it's, that's an adjustment for a guy that gets, you know, $1.5 million signing bonus and you go
0: from
1: high school to professional baseball. So, yeah, um, yeah. no, he's a he's a fun
0: guy. That's actually a decent bonus for a high school guy. Oh,
1: very, yeah, I mean, yeah. he's a, I think, a second
0: pick round kicker, so. Yeah, but maybe he was, like, over slot and you gave him, like, a good bonus, you know what I mean?
1: Possibly, possibly.
0: But, uh, yeah, I mean, um, so in your opinion... If uh if Tampa Bay were to have, let's say, maybe a smallish stadium as far as seats go, uh maybe twenty eight thousand seats or something like that, in the heart of ybor City, um do you think that they might sell out more games?
1: Oh, definitely. I, I okay. think they would. I All think- right, that'd be yeah. nice. You know. Yeah, I mean that's that's where the people are. If you can find a way to make the transportation work and encourage people to walk to the ballpark, like yeah, from you. the it bars, is.
0: you know, from the restaurants.
1: Yeah, I think it's tailor-made, and I think that's the perfect, you, you don't need a 40,000 stadium anymore.
0: Nah. I mean, 28 yeah, would be 20, nice, you know.
1: Yeah, make it, it make it uh, a boutique facility, make it nice, make it tie in with the history, and it, it's so crazy because, like, Ybor City in Canada, there, there's something, there's the Tampa Baseball Museum, like, there's so much history with that area. It's uh, fun. Area, you know? too. Now it's rusa alvo because like it goes on and on with you know the the tie-ins there and you can really do some creative fun things and i think i mean i i you got to make the, the financing work and i know that's the race of trying to get some the public financing and some, some sponsorships and you know you, i get it's not cheap to build a ballpark but you, you do have to have a covered roof you do have to have some sort of enclosure there because it rains it rains, <laughs> it rains
0: uh, quite a bit um during the summer that's true. season, right? That's I didn't even think about that. I just thought it was the heat. But you're right, because it rains every afternoon, you know, because it has to cool things off, you know?
1: Yeah, it doesn't just rain. I mean, it storms, too. So, you've got to... Angry you, rain. <laughs> you've got to, uh, or you have some sort of
0: enclosed roof. And
1: I don't know what that's going to cost, $800, $900 million. Construction materials, I guess, are more expensive nowadays, but I think that there's... It's, it should be worked out one way or the other. I hope so. I'm really going to
0: follow it. I mean, Tampa Bay, in general, it sounds like is a growing area where there's like a lot of construction going on. So, I mean, hopefully they get it done, right?
1: Oh yeah, I mean the uh, construction crane—that's our state bird. Yeah. That's, <laughs> yeah, excellent. That's not my joke. I, I stole that from somebody, but I like to say it. You know, construction crane—that's that's
0: the the official state
1: bird of Florida nowadays.
0: I know the hardest part is is getting the highways to keep up with all this growth, you know? Because like you said, yeah. crossing that bridge takes forever at 5 o'clock in the afternoon if you're trying to go to a baseball game.
1: Yeah, not just that, but like I-75, it's like there's only three lanes. Hold, uh, that's crazy. There course.
0: should be like five each way.
1: <laughs> I know, yeah. So that, that's really kind of a hold back. Um, and I don't know how to... And not, not to mention that I-4 is probably like the most dangerous interstate in the, the United States. A lot of accidents
0: um, on that road yeah
1: so that's it, the the transportation needs some work big time, and I don't know I look, I'm not an engineer, I'm not a developer i I couldn't I'm not a planner. I couldn't tell you the first thing about how to to fix it, um, but i I do know, and I do think that you know just hey, put the ballpark in ebor city, find a way to you know get some sidewalks and some connections there. Uh, encourage people to to Uber if need be, like, it, it shouldn't be that hard to, to
0: make it work, I, I would think. Yeah, and, you know, there's a lot of things that we could talk about with the Tampa Bay Ray. Um, for this episode, we'll have to cut it a little short, but, uh, you know, during the season, hopefully we get a chance to talk again um, because there's just so many things with the coaching and the development and finding these guys and, you know, finding your way through the Rule 5 draft and, uh, you know, it, and we didn't even really get in as much as we should as far as using pictures and and stuff like that but um but yeah i mean can you tell uh, the listeners here um, before we go like what what kind of things are you into what's the name of your uh, podcast yeah the uh, the locked
1: on rays podcast it's part of the locked on podcast network uh, the company was started by david Locke who is the uh, radio play by play broadcaster for the Utah Jazz. He actually just, uh, called his a thousand. So, uh, congrats to him for doing that. But he, uh, he had this idea to, to start a podcast network where, hey, let's just have team focused podcasts and they talk about that specific team every day, whether it's professional or college sports. And it's, uh, ballooned up into uh, quite an operation I like and it now you know
0: it's locked yeah. on pirates your team every day you know yeah, it's always a good podcast
1: yeah there's symmetry there and yeah. um, I'll say this so the company he, it got so big uh, he sold it uh, to techna incorporated which is uh, you know a television media production company uh, they've got I mean you look up techno they've, and they've probably got uh, television uh, station in in your city or area and they actually uh have the company now and we have some partnerships with the local uh channel 10 tv station here wtsp so we get on uh we get on there Their, their their sports director comes on our podcast and there's a good good partnership good back and forth uh between that but uh just goes to show you hey have some have talent, have some entrepreneurial spirit, and uh, you can uh, live the American dream. So, you do uh, Lockdown Raise. Is
0: there anything else that you do? Um, do you have a Twitter handle and stuff like that?
1: Yeah. Uh, so, our, I mean, you can follow us on Twitter, at On Raise. And then my personal Twitter is uh, Kevin Weiss underscore. Um, and then my co host, his name is uh, Ulysses Zambrano, and you can also follow him
0: on Twitter as well. Oh, Carlos @um- Zambrano's um, son?
1: Uh, no, it's actually definitely uh, <laughs> with a, of a Z Okay um, but if, you, if you just if you just Google Locked on Rays," you know, Twitter it, it'll come up and you can you can, I mean, all our accounts are linked through that and if I can give a little bit of a plug I do want to like, we, we mentioned Blake Hunt that would be I Okay mean, Anybody that wants like a, a real entertaining baseball episode I think that would uh, that would deliver it so Sounds like Blake it Hunt,
0: Yeah, he's a good guy that you'd like to have as a catcher because he, uh, I don't know he knows baseball and he's, it sounds like he could actually be a coach, you know
1: yeah, I I, I mean more than a coach, honestly, I think we could be looking at a, you know, Kevin Cash 2.0, oh
0: right, yeah, like a young general manager, right yeah, Yeah. the next
1: game's bold
0: yeah, these general managers are pretty young these days anyway
1: Yeah, that's the way, you know, it relates to players. Not many more uh, Jim Leland's left around smoking
0: (laughs) cigarettes. There you go with your Pirates plug. Yeah,
1: there we go. I had to mix it in.
0: Yeah, so, yeah, I appreciate it, man. We're going to check out the Rays this year. Um, If you get a chance, um, check out the Pittsburgh Pirates system. We have a few young guys that we're working on, uh, but we're still kind of bummed that we don't have Shane Baz anymore. Uh,
1: Yeah, I can't say that about Shane Baz. We're very excited that we have Shane Baz,
0: (laughs) so, yeah, I wish him the best of luck and definitely the team the best of luck. And, um, yeah, thanks for coming on, Kevin.
1: Of course. I mean, let get to say this about uh, Shane. I mean, he has uh, – the, the Rays really reinvented um, his delivery and his mechanics a little bit to where he is more of a strike thrower nowadays. But he has maybe the, the – he, he throws maybe the easiest 98, 99-mile-an-hour. And that's the thing, you
0: know. That's the thing you want. Yeah,
1: like there's no, and he's got big forearms, big wrists. Like he is, If it was like, man, we want, if you're looking to, you know, build an athlete, build a pitcher in a lab, that, that's kind of the uh, the mold you want. It's big torso and shoulders. Like he, he can withstand the load, I would think, of throwing, you know, 170, 180 innings year in and year
0: out. Well, I At think least. that's the thing. I mean, if you get a pitcher that doesn't have to strain a lot, to um, to get that torque, you know, to have the ball explode out of your hand, and if you can repeat that delivery, you know, nobody nobody likes to see guys like Lassna go under the knife, you know.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it, seriously, like if you watch highlights of St. it's just it's like he's just throwing soft talks, just some warm up pitches, and it's like, wow, that came out at ninety eight. What that is insane, and not to mention his off speed pitches are are very uh, refined and, and play well off each other.
0: Yeah, so we'll see how he does this year, and if he does become an ace for your team.
1: I think he will. If not this year, then, then probably within the next two or three years.
0: And we're all looking forward to watching Wander, you know? with uh, it. Yeah, who isn't? can't wait. So, all right, well, hopefully we get this um, this lockout over with and we can do baseball, and uh, I hope to have you on the show, you know, again during the season.
1: Yeah, recently, I, I had a good time, and... Uh, don't you uh, come to the Kiff Bay Area at some point? Oh, right I'll be down now. there.
0: Yeah, I'll look you up. Awesome. Sounds yeah. good. All right, Kiff. Thanks. 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 Yep. Bye. See you.